Good morning. Good to see everybody. See a lot of guests this morning. Merry Christmas to you. Hope that you've had a good time so far with your family. Uh, but what's even more great is that you get to come and worship the Lord on another Lord's Day. Amen. We get to come and we get to sing praises to Him. Psalm 135.1 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him. O servants of the Lord. Psalm 109.30 says, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yes, I will praise Him among the multitude. And Psalm 28.7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My great, in my heart trusted in Him did I, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise Him. How blessed we are to be children of God. Amen. How blessed we are to be able to praise His name. You know, He is our strength. He is our shield. And He is our helper. That motivates me. That makes me excited to be a Christian. To know that the God that I worship loves me and cares about me and is there for me. If you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, where we'll be is in the verses 40 through 47. Had a Bible study uh, this week, and one of the verses that I talked about was from Joshua uh, 1 verse 9. The guy was a little bit down, and he was a little bit out. And, and once I read this verse to him, not only, I don't know if it encouraged him, but boy, it encouraged me. It said, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, I've read that verse. I've talked about that verse. I've preached about that verse. I always look to that verse when I'm struggling and when I'm down. And guess what? It never, ever leaves me sad. It always encourages me. The same verse how powerful the Word of God is. How encouraging it is to me to be uh, able to stand before you this morning. How encouraging it is to be with like-minded brothers and sisters. Amen. Isn't it good to come together and be able to worship the same God the same way? That's amazing to me. And you know, that is not a new concept. It all started right here. Look at verse uh, 38, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And I want to read 38 through 47, and then we'll begin. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. 
Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and the breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I'm very excited about this lesson. It's not, uh, you know, I didn't really have to do a lot of study for it because it's something that we're all very familiar with. What I want to do is I want to encourage us about this, what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about four elements. Four elements that these early Christians did and you can see the success that they had from them doing it. Uh, I want us to focus on verse 42. You know, verse 41 says, Those who gladly received his word, those who heard what Peter had told them, he told these Jews on the day of Pentecost that they had killed the Christ, the, both Lord and Christ, and they answered and they said, well, what do we need to do? He tells them to repent and be baptized, and they do it. Those who gladly received it were baptized, and 3,000 souls were added to the apostles. And they continued steadfastly. I want us to think about that. This is something that I've talked about before. I've spent uh, a little bit of time explaining uh, this concept of stead continuing steadfastly. But I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what that means. To give constant attention to something. To continue steadfastly means to give constant attention to. These early brethren, these early brethren, they were continuing steadfastly in something. Look at the things that they were continuing steadfastly in. The apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about those things. I want to talk about those simple things. But brethren, if we don't do them, if they're not a part of our life, if they're not something that we do with a constant attention, we'll struggle. We'll struggle not only as an individual Christian, but we'll struggle as a congregation, as a whole. Because what happens if, if we don't take these serious? James just talked about the last one. If we don't take prayer serious, then guess what? We're missing the opportunity to talk to God the Father. One of the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. And what happens is we make ourselves be weak spiritually. And if you have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven people in the congregation that are weak spiritually, what happens? It hurts the body as a whole. What I want to encourage us to do, what I want us to think about and be reminded of is that we don't have to be weak spiritually. We don't have to be weak in our faith. 
And we can help not only ourselves grow spiritually, but we can help the body as a whole. Think about the first thing. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles have been given a command from the Lord to be witnesses to other people, right? They were to carry out the Great Commission as Jesus commanded them. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28, 19. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Think about that. Think about what Jesus tells the, these apostles. That they are to go into the world and teach, baptize people and teach them what he commands people to do. Think about all the mess that we hear in the religious world today. Think about all the things that we hear on TV. Think about all the things that there's so many different thoughts and ways to uh, Jesus, but uh, in actuality the, the, the world would say we're all thinking and believing something different, but it all leads to one place. We'll all end up being in the same place. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, many in that day will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy and do many things in your name? Didn't we do those things? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. So it's very careful for us to be very steadfast in our understanding of what the apostles' doctrine is. Yes, here were new converts, didn't know anything about being a Christian, so yes, these apostles are having to lead these people to be a Christian and know how to be a Christian. Fast forward to us today, we have God's Word. We see all the accounts, we have all the epistles that we need, we have everything in this Bible that pertains to life and godliness for us to be successful. The question is, do we care enough about the doctrine? You know, when I think about uh, this apostle's doctrine, I think about Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, it says, there is one body. One spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Constantly there is a one, one, one that you hear in this verse. And brethren... Many of you know this, some may not. There's only one doctrine, and that's God's doctrine, amen? It's the Lord's doctrine, and whatever He says is what it is. And I can be encouraged when I look at Ephesians 4 to know that there's one. Well, how do I find out about this one? I have to go to God's Word, and I have to be steadfast in my study 
of God's Word. The only way we learn of the doctrine of Christ is to follow what the apostles taught. That's what these people were doing here. They were saved from the perverse generation. They gladly received the word. They obeyed the gospel. They became a child of God. And then guess what? They continued steadfastly understanding what they taught. There has to be a hunger inside of you to be successful as a Christian. There has to be something inside of you that says, I not only want to know what the Bible says, but I want to do it. Somewhere in James it says, I don't want to be just a hearer, but I got to be a doer, right? I can't just hear God's word. I got to be a faithful doer of it. And that makes me successful as a Christian. It makes my faith begin to grow. And I'm not weak in my faith, but I continue to grow. And my strength in my spirituality grows closer to God. I draw closer to Him, and He draws closer to me. Beautiful concept. But you know, one of the main reasons people don't want to follow the concept of this being steadfast in the apostles' doctrine is because they just simply don't want to obey it. I've been there. (laughs) I'll admit it. Even before I was a Christian, I knew some of the things that the Bible said, and guess what? I didn't want to do it. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 5, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. What a scary time we live in. We live in a time, if we're not understanding what the doctrine of Christ is, what these apostles were teaching that was passed down from Jesus to them, to us today, if we're not sure of what that is, we may be deceived, brethren. But the encouraging thing that that Paul tells Timothy in this uh, portion of Timothy Chapter 2 Timothy chapter 4 is he says, But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Do what I told you to do. Understand what I taught you and go do it. And be confident in it. You know, we know the truth. We understand the truth. But sometimes our faith grows weak, amen? And we don't necessarily want to follow it. I'm not speaking to you and I'm great at it. I fall in the same category. Hey, brethren, guess what? Last night I sinned. I messed up. I did something that I regretted. But guess what? I asked for forgiveness and guess what? God forgave me. Amen? I was able to go to God and say, Hey, can you forgive me for acting silly? For saying something that I shouldn't have said. And guess what God did? He was faithful and just and he forgave me. The apostles taught that. That's an apostle doctrine. That's something that we can be comforted in. 
But you know what? I, can, I have to be consistent in my understanding of that or guess what? I'll fall into the trap where I forget it and I don't think that I can be forgiven and when I mess up, guess what I do? I just don't ask for forgiveness because I'm not worthy. No. They continued steadfast in it. They were excited to be a part of it. Be, a, be excited to be a Christian, brethren. It's something powerful. It's the greatest kingdom ever. The second thing I want to talk about this morning is they were steadfast in their fellowship. The Greek word is partnership or participation or communication. You know, in Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When we consider each other and we come, you know, uh, the verse finishes, not forsaking the assembling, as is the manner of some. But when we come together and we're here, what an encouraging thing to see you guys. And when I don't see you guys, it makes me sad a little bit. It discourages me. Not because I need to call you and get on you and chew you out because I'm way better than you because I was there. You wasn't. Where are you at, dude? I've been here. You ain't. Because the concept is we're fellowshipping together. I can't do this by myself. Yes, I got the Lord. He's my strength. He's my shield. And He's my protector. But guess what? He also gave me brethren to be with, to fight this battle. Why is it so important for us to be here? Why is it so important for us to come and assemble together whenever we uh, are asked to? It's because we encourage each other. It's not only that, though. Think about all the verses, and I don't have time to talk about them. Think about all the verses that talk about doing things to others. Think about Jesus before I go into that. Think about Jesus, the ultimate example. He got down and washed them disciples' nasty feet. The master, the king of kings, got down and washed their feet. Showing the example of caring for others more than himself. But think about all the verses that talk about loving others. Devoting your time to others. Building up others. Encouraging others. Accepting others. Admonishing others. Caring for others. Being kind to others. Helping and comforting others. True fellowship is not just one day a week. It's just who you are. It's what you're about. It's about being ready to help your brother and sister every day in any way. It's knowing what's going on in their lives. It's understanding if they need help, you're there for them. Brothers and sisters, if we continue to be steadfast in fellowship, we will grow. Not only spiritually, but numerically. The third thing to consider this morning is they considered steadfast in the breaking 
of bread. The phrase here uh, is the breaking of the bread. Later on down we see that they broke breaking bread from house to house. This is not what he's talking about here. He's talking about what we just partook of. The Lord's Supper. This was important to them. You think about the apostles. We're not many days from Jesus' actual death. This was something that meant something to them. It was something for them to remember because they were a part of it. Michael read my scripture and I'm like, Amen, brother. 1 Corinthians 10, 16-17 says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. You know, you look at the, the, the Lord's Supper and you, you see all of those things combined in uh, the Lord's Supper. You see the Apostles' Doctrine, you see fellowship together, and you see prayer in it. Thank you for this cup. Thank you for this bread. Which the Lord said was His body. Which the Lord said was His cup. This is a very, very important memorial. Because without His death, guess what? We can't be saved. Amen? This is a chance for us to remember every Lord's day His death until He comes. A constant reminder. The Lord set it up for us to be steadfast in it. He made the way for us to continue steadfastly in it. And we get to do it every Lord's day together. Beautiful. The last thing to consider this morning is they continued steadfast in prayers. Think about the power of prayer. I mean, James was spot on. Think about the people in the congregation right now that, have, have, that you've prayed for that a prayer has been answered. I preached about it. I preached about a five-year prayer. Some of you have prayers and stories just the same. James 5.16 is still powerful. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. How much time, brethren, do we spend in prayer? Taking all the distractions away, taking everything out of, out of our life for just a minute and sitting down and actually spending some time with the Lord in prayer. Talking about some stuff. Jesus died and has given us the ability to be able to go to God and step boldly to the throne of grace and ask for things. Be thankful for things. 
to praise Him for things. To go uh, to the Lord and, and ask, Lord, I, I need help. I'm struggling. Can you help me? Can you intercede in my life for me? I can't do it by myself. But I know you can. You can do all things. I tried it this morning, brethren. I took all the distractions out. I got down on my knees and I prayed to God, thanking Him for all His blessings, asking Him to help me to be strong as a Christian, asking Him to forgive me of my sins, asking Him to be with my brethren. To strengthen them. Did something miraculous happen to me? Absolutely not. But brethren, when I got up off my knees, it felt good. Powerful. Now here's my prayer. And here's my, uh, uh, I want you to pray for me about it. Pray that I'll be steadfast in that. Continually steadfast. Pray that I'll make that what I do because I love him the most. And I know he's the one who can help me through all things. I love Aaron so much. But she can't help me like God can. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Colossians 4, 2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer. I love this one, y'all. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Be vigilant, brethren, in your prayer. When we think about... uh, this verse right here, and we think about what they did. I just love how this continues, uh, and I don't have time to talk about it all, but, but they were together. Verse 44 says, All who believed were together and had all things in common. Boy, I love being able to talk to somebody. Go over to Jason. Hadn't even seen him in a long time and get to go over there and we talk about the same stuff, man. I'm like, I could talk to you for days, man. We've got things in common. Brethren, we got to be around each other. We got things in common with each other. We have a common bond. Guess who it is? Jesus Christ, man. We've been sealed by the blood of the Lamb. That's something to be excited to be around each other about, I would say. Verse 46, continuing daily with one accord in the the temple. In verse 46, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. In verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people. 
And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Probably one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. It was contagious. It was contagious. When people got around these brethren, it was changing their lives because of how they acted. They said, you know what? I'm going to discipline my body like Paul says. I'm going to put it into subjection. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And out of that comes fruit. Oh, man. What in the world? You see God's word unfolding right here early on. I mean, we're talking simple stuff. But it's so hard for us sometimes to forget it. It's so hard for us to catch on to that. But boy, that encourages me. It makes me think, you know what? It is possible. It happened. And we see it now. When we follow these elements, as I close, and we apply them to our lives, it not only helps us as individuals grow, but it helps the body grow spiritually and numerically. Brethren, don't you want to hear the same thing? And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. <laughs> daily, every single day. Yeah, there was a lot of people in Jerusalem. I don't care. I don't care. The power of God's word can cut anybody's heart. Are we willing to send it out? Ring out the message, brethren. Send it out. I hope you have a Merry Christmas, but guess what? Jesus has always been. He always will be. And we'll get to see Him one day. And we can think about that every single day. I say amen to that. Maybe you're here today and you're not a child of God. Maybe you're here and you're Maybe thinking about becoming a child of God. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. What do you believe? You believe that you're a sinner. That, that unless you are washed by the blood of the Lamb, you can't make it to heaven. Understand that you aren't living right. As good of a person as you think you may be, God says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory. But you can repent. You can turn from that old way. You can turn from that old man, that old woman, and you can become new. You repent. You confess in front of men that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And you're baptized in water. Magical water? Absolutely not. Obedient water. You go into the watery grave and you come out new, washed of your sins. Beautiful. And you become a child of God. And Jesus told the church in Revelation 2.10, he said, Be faithful unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. When you come out of the water, you begin a journey that lasts forever. If you need to repent, if you need to be baptized, whatever it is, I love you all so much. Come right now, together we stand and sing.